Have you been looking for a way to stay focused on your goals and grow your MSP? Accountability groups from Rocket MSP can help. We offer weekly accountability sessions that meet online with a group of your peers. Your success begins with accountability. Go to www.rocketmsp.io to join your accountability group today. Now you see that this webinar is streaming live on YouTube. So just a reminder, don't say anything that you don't want the world to hear. Uh, if you could please take the poll, I would love to know, you know, where everyone's at technically. It's it's not so we can uh, flame more anybody. I just want to understand who my audience is that's here. Um, <clears throat> so currently we have. Uh, everyone that has filled out the poll, the majority of you currently help clients with websites today. There are a few people that have said no. Um, there are a few of you that insist on managing the website and domain name, uh, but many of you have actually said no to that one. Uh, do you have a document created that outlines how to migrate a domain or website? Two of you said yes. Um, everyone else said no. And that makes sense. I mean, that's that's why we're all here is today we're going to make that document. Uh, do you have any web design clients today? So uh, this is specifically if you're doing design work. And that's about half and half. Um, and then DNS. Do you understand DNS for websites and domains? We did get a sort of. Uh, and nobody has anything specific that they're hoping to learn. So I'm feeling pretty good about all this. Um, as, as people join, as people join the webinar, I'm going to turn them into panelists. And um, I know I've said it a few other times, but I'll say it again. Um, my goal with making everyone a panelist is that everyone will participate and will have something to contribute. If, uh, if you don't want to, totally cool. You can leave your mic off. You can leave your video off. Um, the only thing making you a panelist does is give you the opportunity to speak um, and be seen uh, at, at your own free will. Um, so with that said, uh, hello, everyone. My name's Steve. Uh, it is after one. We are officially started. Um, today is the webinar for a documentation party. Um, I've, I've had a lot of fun doing these documentation parties. And today's party is for website and domain migrations. And I've invited Howard to join me. Howard, if you could maybe give a little introduction about yourself. Sure. Um, my name is Howard Spaeth, uh, located in Bergen County, uh, New Jersey. Uh, I primarily are uh, primarily do website creation uh, for my business. I do some IT work, um, but I mainly do websites. Uh, I take my clients from step A to step Z, everything between migrating domains, creating domains. Um, if they're on a existing um hosting and they're not happy we, we do a migration over to a server uh where they're not where they are in control same with their domain um so basically i basically help clients go from not being happy to being happy and where they are in full control of everything steve you're muted 
Awesome. Thank you, sir. Um, I did just uh, hit the little button to share the results with you guys of the poll, just in case anyone here is interested to see uh, what those answers were. Um, so I also just posted a link, a bit.ly link. So everyone should see that in the Zoom chat. If, uh, if you don't see that, it's okay. Um, ideally, I'd like all of the conversation to either be verbally or in the chat. So um, I don't see any reason for anyone to hit the Q&A button. I think, I think we could use just the chat for, uh, for all of our communications and listen to talk. Um, that said, uh, feel free to open up that document. Uh, this is for all of us to edit and, and turn it into something that we're all going to be uh, happy to use. So uh, let me open up my agenda here so I don't forget what we need to do. Um, I want to start with domains. Um, Howard, uh, who, who do you use for registrar when, when you register a domain? Um, I mean, it, it really varies. Um, I know sometimes best practice is usually to keep domains away from hosting accounts. Um, I usually tend to have my clients register domain someplace like GoDaddy, um, Namecheap, um, their network solutions. Uh, but I usually tell my clients go through GoDaddy. Um, you know, sometimes they'll say, well, you know, can we just kind of keep everything in one location? Um, so sometimes I'll help clients who just buy a domain through their hosting provider. Um, I, as far as security, I usually like to do them separate, um, because if they, if one account is hacked, you know, God forbid something just happened and they hacked your GoDaddy account, that's your hosting is, well, then they can get everything, uh, and then they can really have their fun. Um, you know, I use, I use SiteGround for my for web servers, but as far as domains, I usually use GoDaddy, um, primarily. Um, the one thing you do have to be wary of with that, with GoDaddy is that they did recently, probably about a year ago, change their policy. Um, and this is for everything. If you buy a product, you have 30 days money back guarantee. After 30 days, they do not give you your money back, nor do they give you any kind of credit. So once, once day 31 hits, you're out of whatever you spent. So you got to kind of got to really think um, of what you want your domain to be. That that makes sense. Yeah. Um, personally, I do everything as far as domain registrations with Google domains. Um, it's it's probably not the cheapest. It's twelve dollars a domain. And I don't think I have to pay any tax. Um, I'm in Ohio, so I don't know if that matters uh, for tax with other states with Google domains. Um, the reason I go with Google domains is honestly, their interface is super simple. It's minimalistic. It looks exactly the way you would expect anything made by Google to look, but it also has you know everything I need. It, it lets me register the domain. When I search for domains, it has a ton of uh, top level domains available like the .coms, .gurus, .whatever. Um, it does uh, DNS, it does all of that. It offers free, um, what's, what's the word? Uh, privacy, registration privacy. So that way um, I don't have to pay extra to, to 
hide my name and contact information from people that are trying to scam me into paying them for the domain registration. Um, it also, you know, I like that they've got a little drop down so that way, uh, do you have Google Apps? Yes. Hit the little drop down and bam, all the Google Apps DNS entries get plugged right in for you. You don't have to deal with any of that. So, so that's that's what I do. Um, so when it comes to to domain registration, my my way of doing it and Howard's way of doing it are are two very different methods, and I I did this intentionally because um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you this is how you're supposed to do things because this is the right way. Uh, that's, that's not how technology works. There's there's 10 ways at least to do any one thing. Uh, you may not like nine of the ways to do it, but you know that doesn't mean that there's nine wrong answers. So um, Howard, it sounds like you prefer when the customer purchases the domain and, and takes care of all that themselves. Uh, yeah, um, I kind of prefer um, they buy their, I mean, I'll help them, you know, buy their domain, but I'd rather it be registered in their name, their business name, um, and then they kind of just give me the username and password. Um, this is just because uh, I have seen circumstances where a client does not own their domain, their business name is not on there, um, they're not even anywhere listed on there. And if that's the case, well, then it's up to whoever is the register who the domain is registered to to give it up. Uh, they don't have to if their company, if the my client's business is not on there. Um, the, the company whose domain is registered, they they can just say, well, you know, too bad, you're it's with us, and you know, go find another domain. Um, you know, can they take them to court and get it back? They can. Um, you know, but it's also, you know, it's is it really worth the domain? Granted, it's your company, it might be your company, and it might be a subsidiary of your company. Um, but I always, whenever my clients are registering a domain, I say, listen, put your information on there. If you want to put me as a technical contact, that's fine. You don't have to. Um, just give me your username and password. Um, it also kind of avoids that possible awkward conversation later on. Um, you know, I do know that, you know, there are, it is a business and they, some, they might find someone who's in their family is becoming a web designer or they might find someone who, who they want to work with instead. This also gives them the ability to say, hey, Howard, we're firing you, um, but we're, we don't have any information. If, I, if the domain's in my name, well, I can say, well, tough luck. I'm not giving it to you. Uh, but if they're in this, you know, they kind of say, hey, we're, you know, we're going a different direction. You know, thanks for all your work. And that's that. And then they have full control of everything. I do the same thing with uh, my servers. Um, I rather them kind of everything they pay for it. It's in their domain. It's in their names and everything. Um, I will say that I do manage a guy's domain. Um, it is in his name, but it gets billed to my credit card. Um, but that's also because he's on a monthly plan with me. Um, the minute where he says, okay, you know, I'm, I'm no longer paying you monthly. Then he's, he, he puts back his credit card in, information in there, whoever he's using. Um, but no, I, I think just using having my clients pay for it, because um, then if something does happen, it's their head. You know, if they're if they do get hacked, they can't kind of come after me and say, "Hey, you were hacked." Blah blah blah. blah. It's kind of on their their responsibility to make sure that they have the strong password. So, so that's that's a reasonable way of thinking, I guess. Uh, excuse. Me. 
I just feel like I can't. Oh, there we go. I felt like I couldn't clear my throat the whole time. So, um, so, so that's a good way of thinking. Um, I feel like my way of thinking is the complete opposite in the sense that, um, how do I say this nicely? Customers are idiots. Um, customers are big, big idiots. And uh, I can't tell you how many times I've had people ask me why their email isn't working or why their website isn't working. And, you know, I, I, I just assume that they're smart enough to pay their bills. So I don't even think to check is the domain name active. I'm checking, you know, what, what happened in Office 365? Did the web server go down? And an hour later, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just ran a who is and the domain name expired yesterday or, or whatever. Because I know there's that grace period and... Um, but anyway, uh, I've I've just come to the conclusion that, that customers are idiots, um, and I mean that that's uh, that's a term of endearment. Trust me, uh, because if if I truly didn't like working with my customers, I wouldn't be in the business I'm in. Um, but we do have to to kind of babysit them almost, and we have to take over everything we possibly can to ensure everything stays up and running so i manage all my customer domains if i'm hosting their website uh i'm, I'm managing like 85 percent of their domains um, i include it with the price of hosting and it's just easier for everyone this way because honestly if if they screw something up and didn't see that the the, the domain name is expiring or whatever um sometimes it costs them extra i know with godaddy like what do they give you, Howard? A 30-day grace period, and then after that, they charge you an extra hundred bucks. Um, I believe that is right. I know Network Solutions. You have 30 days. I know with Network Solutions, I had this with a client recently. Um, we were going to launch his website. His domain was was expired. Uh, I think that that was. With the, I think the basic process. I think this is for everybody. Actually, is you have it expires, then you have 30 days to reclaim it. Um, after the 30 days, then it goes into, you know, a, a period where no one can buy it, nothing, it can't be accessed. Um, and then after 90 days, they put it back onto the market. <laughs> so you kind of have, I guess, I think it is 30 days. Um, I think you're right. I think it's with everybody. You have about 30 days to um, put it in, you know, pay for it, make sure. Uh, but you will have to pay a restitution fee. I know with Namecheap, I believe the restitution fee that we had to pay was around $35. Um, yeah. Because I'm telling you, GoDaddy, it was something ridiculous, like somewhere in the $1 to $200 range. Wow. And it's, I feel like the answer or the reason is, why not? Because they can. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's a quick way, and I, I guarantee, I, I wouldn't be shocked if about, 80 to 85 percent of the people who have a domain, you know, in a website, they forget um, that they're actually that they expire. Um, so, um, Alex Bass said, because uh, you know, for those of you that aren't seeing the chat, um, someone said, uh, Matt said. Uh, he had a bad experience with Namecheap, primarily around the SSL certificates. 
Alex said, why purchase SSL certificates? You know, they're free. Um, and he, he brought up Cloudflare, but there's also, um, oh, why can't I think of that one where like you can just get a free SSL? Let's, let's encrypt. Sorry. Oh let's, yes, let's encrypt. That's it. Yeah. Um, so the, the reason that you would want to buy an SSL cert is, you know, maybe you're hosting something at a client's physical server and you need, you know, a real certificate. Um, or maybe you're setting up a shopping cart and want to make sure you have a real certificate and not a Let's Encrypt certificate. Um, so there, there are a multitude of reasons why. Um, for, for the website stuff, uh, Let's Encrypt cert is, I would say for most of my customers, more than plenty. Uh, yeah. But I'm also not hosting. Steve. Sorry. I got something to add to that one. Um, so Let's Encrypt only gives you a three-month certificate. That's that's the main deal with it. And it's purely for websites. Now, that certificate is good and it works, but you also have to renew it every three months. So the renewal can be a pain in the butt. If you, you're running on a web host or... A, um, or something else that that does not have, say, the cPanel integration or or anything like that. So, say if you're hosting your website with, well, it used to be Rackspace, but now it's a Liquid Web uh, on their cloud sites platform. Uh, you, they do not have the integrations with Let's Encrypt. They do not have the integrations with um, Cloudflare. So, because they they do all that stuff internally for you. So there there's some things out there where you know Let's Encrypt is great. But it only works for for primarily cPanel-based web hosts, right? And also, typically uh, only um, shared web hosting providers, not dedicated web hosting providers. So it's good to know. Yeah. I, I didn't even think about that. Um, I use Plesk to host all of my sites. Yeah, Plesk. Yeah, can do the same. It it just automates all of it for me. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know with uh, SiteGround, um, I believe that auto. I mean, Let's Encrypt auto-renews every three months. So I've been on SiteGround for my server, uh, and I, I took it off Cloudflare, I'd say, at least three months ago, probably January. Um, and I've never had an issue with it expiring. Um, I'm almost positive that it just automatically auto-renews. Um, the other thing is with SSLs is you may want something that lasts longer um, for a multiple, uh, you know, website, and also use it in addition on, say, um, uh, remote desktop session hosts or anything like that. So you could buy a more expensive SSL that's not just dedicated to a website, um, but still use it for your website as well. Right. So, and I do know that the, um, who is it? Uh, Alex talking about, or who mentioned uh, Namecheap? Um, Matt, Matt mentioned um, Namecheap. Yeah, I know that Namecheap does have SSLs that are pretty pricey. Um, I know well, that. Perhaps I should just clarify um, my, my, my statement earlier. The, the issue with, uh, with Namecheap and the SSL certs was we were uh, picking up a, a multi-domain uh, wildcard SSL cert for an exchange server that the client wanted in-house and they had uh, existing 
uh, existing hosting and products with Namecheap. So it was required that we use Namecheap. Mm-hmm. And as we went through the purchasing process, we found out that it's a, uh, Namecheap at the time, I don't know, I don't know if it's still valid at the time, uh, Namecheap resell Komodo certificates. Yep. Yep. So as you purchase it from Namecheap, they pass it on to Komodo. And then when you want help or trying to figure out where the cert is in the it's, process, we were getting battered between the two. And it took like five hours to try I, and get it back. I ran into that same issue with one that I had purchased through, um, I think it was just SSLs.com. And it was a Komodo certificate, three years. And I had to rebuild the, the, the remote desktop session host. And it was an absolute nightmare getting that certificate re, recertified. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I blame Komodo mostly because I think they, I think Komodo uh, withdrew a lot of stuff. But I mean, I under, I, I totally understand where that frustration comes from. <laughs> hmm. Now, alternatively, so, we also had a client who we uh, we use DigiCert for. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are pricey as hell, but yeah. their their support is phenomenal. Like you call them up, and like within two minutes, you got Simon on the phone. You got a new cert in your in your inbox. Uh, the, the support is unbelievable, but then it should be at that price. Yeah. Okay, so um, now that now that we've gotten through all that, I'd like to start working on the domain migration doc. Um, so what you'll see here is I've actually, you guys are awesome. Um, so we've got people that have added a, a boatload of different domain registrars, and we've got a few comments here as far as um, what can you purchase um, and how do you feel about them, which I think is pretty cool. Um, uh, let's see, we've got a spot for SSL certificates that, that you guys have already started filling in. Then I started the how to migrate a domain portion at the bottom. Um, so I, I think, you know, most importantly, the, the first thing that you need to figure out is who controls the domain? Is it the customer? Is it a, a you know, potentially former website designer? Um, so, so who's controlling that domain? Um, once you figure out that information, um, you'll, you'll be able to better figure out how to move forward. Um, if you're not the one that's, that's able to do all of these things, you're going to be at the mercy of somebody else. Um, when I migrate, uh, transfer a domain into Google domains, if it's something that I have access to, I can typically have it done in about 10, 15 minutes. Um, so make sure if, if at all possible, you get the credentials so you can get yourself logged in to the current registrar so you can manage all of this yourself so you can move things along very quickly. Um, after that, I found that, uh, uh, there's a few things that need to be done and I'm not sure if this is in any particular order, but we need to make sure that the domain name is not locked and we need to make sure that the who is information is accurate and by accurate i mean um there's going to be some emails sent to the current registrant 
uh, of, of the domain name. So you either need access to that email box or the customer does, and they need to be able to ensure you that they can forward these emails to you quickly. Again, if you're, you're at the mercy of somebody else, that who is information is all on them and it'll be them that are getting the uh, the transfer emails and yeah um howard anything to add to all of that um no i i think you you pretty much hit on the head um you know i do know that um i i ran into a situation where i um you know, actually, well, no, I think you hit on that, but I do also know that um, you can, let's just say, um, Steve, you're hosting a client's website and they want to migrate to me. Um, is If the email is, if the account that your host, that the domain industry is on GoDaddy, and I have a GoDaddy account, they can simply also just move that domain to another account without migration. Uh, and that's that, that also works for uh, TierraNet. Um, uh, I did do that, so I do know that Google, you, don't that too. Um, you don't necessarily need to do a migration from GoDaddy to GoDaddy. It's a simple, um, you know, just hey, you know, we're on my this is on GoDaddy. We need to transfer it to another GoDaddy account, and that takes all all that process really takes is you put in who you're transferring to. They confirm that they're uh, accepting it, and that's it. Um, and I've done that. I registered a domain for a client. It was on mine. They set up a new uh, GoDaddy account. I transferred it in. They confirmed it. Took maybe 15, 20 minutes to total. And the nice thing about doing an, an internal transfer like that is now you also don't have to pay for that extra year of the domain. Correct. Well, so I know that that's. And that's one thing that people don't realize is when you transfer a domain, like say I transfer something into my, my Google domains. I mean, they, they want their $12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I also know that um, I believe it's Namecheap. If you transfer it in, it's like $10, but you're actually paying for an extra year right on top of that. Um, so that's, you know, that, that also works as well. Uh, I'm trying to add a line here, Steve, in the document, and it's not letting me. Where? Uh, underneath liquid books. I want to put Tierra net in there. Not letting me. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. Uh, Love it. Love it. So, so once we have gained access, unlocked the domain, made sure that the who is information is accurate. There's something else you need to get from the current registrar and that is the authorization code. Um, the authorization code is going to look um, like a three-year-old sat down in front of the computer keyboard and just started mashing keys. Um, it is a very secure code for good reason. You don't want people to you know, hack your domain and transfer it into their registrar. So it is a, it is a crazy code. It will probably have uh, special characters like um, I've seen semicolons and, and things like that in there. So make sure when you select, like if you do the double click select, it might not get the whole thing. So make sure when you're selecting, you are highlighting the entire authorization code. 
just a little tip for me there. And you also, and once uh, you also make sure whoever you're transferring to, you also, once it's done, um, it won't go through unless you accept the new registrant. We're not there yet, Howard. Sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so once we've got that authorization code, now we can go to the new registrar, uh, our registrar. Um, and if, if somebody else wants to, to type all this up while I'm talking, please, by all means, we're, we're currently uh, technically on five. So, so this is when we go to the new registrar, and that's typically your registrar. Um, and this is when you choose to transfer a domain name into the registrar. Um, I know with Google domains, it's going to ask you a couple real simple questions. What's the domain name? What's the authorization code? And once you type in that domain name, it's even going to show you, here's the email address we have on file uh, based on that who is information from number three. So if number three is not done correctly, number five gets screwed up. Um, so as long as, as you see that uh, the, the correct email address is there, you can hit the uh, transfer button. It's going to ask you for $12. You will pay them. And then the process begins. And beginning that process is, is very simple. It's uh, uh, You typed in the authorization code already. So next, um, an email gets sent to the current domain registrant. A link will need clicked in the email to authorize the transfer of the domain. Oh, I missed a step. Um, Google will ask what who is information you want on the domain. Also, if you want it to be private, I recommend going with private. There's no reason you should want uh, jerks to be sending you letters with invoices for $50 to renew your domain and transfer it over to them. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything else Google asks for when, when initiating a, a transfer? Do they, do they ask you about DNS? They ask, I think they do. So, and that's the other thing we need to think about. So DNS, uh, we need to make sure we get a copy of the zone. All right, so the DNS is super important for a multitude of reasons. I think it's safe to say everyone here knows that um, if we screw up the DNS during a, a domain transfer, website, email, um, third-party services, all of that stuff goes down. And I'm pretty sure uh, you would have a very disgruntled customer if you uh, if, if they if they hired you and their first impression of you is oops everything's down <laughs> so uh, what what do you do for for DNS stuff Howard um well I mean what I usually tend to do is obviously you got to look at where their email is um, where everything is if they're running you know Exchange at 365 um, I generally will 
either leave the name server where it is and just do an at record at the new IP address. Um, or, you know, if it's, if they're just using something like uh, Google suite now that's called, um, I will just copy the records uh, and do a name server over to the name, the name new server, uh, and just do an MX record there. Um, it really depends. I mean, some people just, you know, because I, um, for instance, I have a colleague of mine who's an IT guy who does a lot of their Office 365 exchange. Uh, and, you know, he doesn't want anything getting messed up. So we just say, hey, you know, leave everything where it is and let's do an at record. Um, you know, it really depends. You know, sometimes we change it, sometimes we don't. Depends on the situation. Okay. Um, so for me, DNS is uh, pretty cut and dry. I move DNS as well. DNS goes to DNS made easy. Um, DNS uh, currently, uh, without before you make any changes, the DNS could be uh, managed at the registrar. So it could be at GoDaddy or Namecheap or whatever. It could be managed at the web host. Uh, it could be managed at Office 365 because they, they offer that service. Um, Rarely have I seen a DNS managed by Cloudflare or something yeah. like DNS Made Easy or, or another DNS service. Regardless, um, unless it's on Cloud, Cloudflare and they insist on using Cloudflare, uh, I move their DNS over to DNS Made Easy and I manage DNS for them. So in order to do that, we need to get a copy of the DNS zone file. And once we get a copy of that file, you're going to see a bunch of things, A records and uh, um, uh, MX records, C names, and a bunch of other things. Um, I'm going to open up my DNS Made Easy Management Console. Um, it's, it's not like I'm going to show you anything in here that is going to get anybody in trouble because, I mean, DNS is pretty public. Um, does, does everyone agree there? with that basic statement. Okay. Well, unless they have, yeah, I mean, DNS is, is, is pretty public, so. All right, so I'm gonna share my screen. We are looking at um, tayloritgroup.com DNS. Okay, so um, here it is, yay, DNS. So I'm going to just quickly go through the different types of DNS records that you're going to see and why you need them. A records, uh, these always point to an IP address. An A record is what allows you to say, um, my domain name points to this IP address. This is the server for our website. Uh, that's, that's clearly going to be super important. Um, C names. Uh, these are where they alias to something. So, for example, www should alias to the A record for the website. I never make an A record for www. Um, so, so I do that. Uh, if you have Office 365, then you'll probably have an auto discover and some enterprise enrollment, things like that. Um, so those are always going to point to another domain of some sort. 
everyone clear on these so far? Mm -hmm. Okay. A-name records, uh, haven't needed to use those, to be honest. That's, I think, more common in uh, UK, Europe area. MX records, um, you'll have at least one of these for email if you are doing... Uh, uh, if, if you're doing email from the domain, um, HTTP redirection. So here's a perfect example, Google. So I made one called google.tayloritgroup.com. And when you do that, it takes them to this. You can leave a review. That easy. So HTTP redirection takes a crazy domain name and helps you make it something easy. Text records. Um, I truly have no idea what some of these mean, but I do know that the SPF record is what uh, you would create an SPF record to manage um, spam coming from your domain name in, in some sense. Um, so there, there are now SPF records but some domain registrars or DNS management services don't yet use them. So I put it in both TXT and SPF. Um, I've never had to use a PTR record. Um, SRV sometimes. Uh, there are a couple for Office 365, but I truly don't know what any of these three items are either. <clears throat> now, to answer uh, Tony's question, why use a service like this instead of managing DNS at the registrar itself? Um, a few reasons. One, DNS made easy is really affordable. I want to say it's in the under $50 range per year for 25 domains. And then it's, it's like, I don't know, 75 cents a domain or something stupid like that. It's stupid cheap. Um, they have a hundred percent uptime guarantee on DNS. So their, their DNS service has never gone down in over a decade. Um, DNS changes are crazy fast. Uh, tech support I've actually had to use and it is awesome. And then it also allows me to, uh, one, I created my own custom NS records. So, um, I'm not on this one, but there's another domain I created where we're actually using NS1 and ns2.tayloritgroup.com. Um, the other thing I really like about DNS Made Easy is I can simply grab one of these templates here and apply it. So let me show you um, my MSP webinars domain. So you'll see here I've got the Office 365 template applied. And uh, here's the NS1 and NS2 that I mentioned earlier. So because of that Office 365 template, all of these records, you see all of these here, they say template. All of these records were created because of the template. The same with um, these two records here. Um, the reason that the MX or SPF records were not created uh, with the template is because if I modify this one right now, it modifies across the entire template, across all domains that are using the template. So um, that's that's why I, I like DNS Made Easy. It's also really interesting um, 
the type of information I'm able to to get access to, um, I can look here and see how many DNS queries my domain's gotten. I don't know that that's necessary, but it's kind of neat. So uh, let's see, info on A name records. Okay. And then the other cool thing is, you know, if I truly have no idea what I'm doing on here, um, each one of these, like if, if I come here and hit the plus, there's a help and there's, there's video and documentation explaining what's a C name record, a name record, or all those other records. Um, I've, I've found DNS made easy to be incredibly, uh, incredibly helpful and well worth the money, especially when, you know, I can make a change and I, it's, it's seconds. Whereas with network solutions, it still does take hours sometimes for, for one of these changes. So hopefully that, hopefully that, uh, answered your question there. Um, okay. Yes. Network solutions is bad. <laughs> okay. Uh, so with, with that said, um, the document, just in case there are people here that have no idea what I'm talking about, I, I just posted the bit.ly link again. Um, that is the document that everyone has access to contribute to right now. Um, so we, we took care of the DNS portion. Um, it's important to get a copy of the existing DNS because we don't want any of their services to go down. When we, when we set up the domain, we want to do this as smoothly as possible. So um, configure DNS in your DNS service center. I use DNS made easy. Um, register the domain. It will also ask what name servers to use. Point it to your DNS made easy name servers. So um, we hit the transfer button after we've punched in the domain name and the auth code. Um, it uh, it's going to ask what reg uh, what registrant info we want, and it's going to ask what name servers we want. If, if you know, depending on your registrar, and it, it should ask you if you want. Uh, private registration, which I do recommend. Uh, it's going to send you that email to the current domain registrant, whoever's in the current who is. Uh, whoever gets that email needs to click that link to authorize it. Um, sometimes it may not be a link to click. Sometimes, like with GoDaddy, for example, Howard, um, you could probably speak to this more, but I think there is a transfer out section of your domains yep. list yep. where you have to go in there, check the box, and approve or decline the transfer. Yeah, yep, exactly. Yeah, when you're in uh, GoDaddy, you have to, um, there will be a transfer in, transfer out, uh, and you have to manually approve it. Um, and they'll send an email explaining that um, you have to manually explain it, uh, accept it, um, and then you click it and it'll bring you in there. Um, and then once it accepts, and then it takes, you know, goes through the whole um, process. But yeah, you definitely have to uh, accept it. Um, 
you know. Now, what happens if you don't accept it, though? It just doesn't. It just, I think after a week of not accepting, I think it disappears. I'm not 100% sure because I've never had that happen. Um, yep. Uh, Tony has said seven days it cancels itself. So it's not seven days. It just automatically happens. It's seven days and the transfer cancels. Right. And if you don't, if you don't accept it or reject it within seven days, then it's kind of like you have to do it again. And I have had, I had an issue uh, where I was trying to migrate a domain from Dex Media. I don't know if everyone is familiar with them uh, to GoDaddy. Um, and we tried to do a domain and it didn't go through at first. Um, and I and I called GoDaddy like, what's going on? They're like, oh, well, the company where uh, Dex Media isn't accepting it or something. Um, so we had to call Dex Media. It was a whole, turned out it was that they never unlocked it, even though they had E. Somehow they never unlocked it, but they had EPP code. Um, but that's the only reason, and we had to accept it. It was a whole, was a whole issue, but no, they you have to, especially with GoDaddy, you have to manually accept it. Uh, Namecheap, I believe, as soon as you trans, as soon as you accept it, that's all you need to do for them, so you don't have to manually accept it. It, it, it depends on each provider. Um, I know GoDaddy, you have to manually accept it. Namecheap, you just accept it in an email and it does it itself, and then it'll give you um, alerts. Um, once it's done, uh, it will, you can go down to on their website. It says uh, in parentheses, it'll show like a different color. You know what's going on. Waiting for ho- uh, waiting for outgoing server uh, confirmation, and then it kind of goes step by step by step. Excellent. So name name keeps really good for name transfer for uh, at least domain transfers because it kind of gives you step by step. You know what's going on. What's the next step? What are we waiting for? Et cetera, et cetera. Okay, cool. Uh, what happens next? So, I mean, let's let's say we 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 authorize the transfer. Now what? Well, once once the domain is uh, authorized, then you got to wait until you know the process usually takes any once once the once everything everything is done on your end, um, it takes anywhere from five to ten business days for um, that domain transfer. Um, what happens is Namecheap, GoDaddy, whoever you're using, or Google, um, they will contact where their domain is registered and said, hey, we, uh, you know, we got a domain transfer, um, you know, we, here's our information, blah, 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 and they do all this behind the scenes, and then eventually it will migrate itself over. So once, once you accept that transfer, um, there's, there's really not much, it's, it's out of your hands, um, and then go Google or whoever else will do the rest of the legwork. Isn't there some kind of key or something that needs to be entered? The only key you really need is the EPP key. And is is that the authorization code that we started with? Once once you unlock it, once you get the EPP code, you hit you confirm yes, and then you send the email confirm. That's it. That's it literally is. That's it. That must be a GoDaddy thing where there's an extra key or code or something. That I'm Not that I'm well. So I think Howard's skipping over a step or two. So you get the EPP code from right. the original registrar. Then you take that code and the new registrar, you enter that into the control panel when you go to start the transfer. And then after that, there's emails that are sent from both um registrars or the saying hey are you sure you want to confirm that this is something you want oh, to transfer the code he's talking about yeah so 
Yeah. And then from there, you know, that's, that's usually how, then it just kind of, it's automatic at that point. Okay. So once, once we punch in the transfer code, the auth code, whatever, um, and then the transfer is accepted, we're done on our end. Is that accurate? Great. Let's move on. How to transfer a website. <laughs> um, so I think this one is going to be much more involved. I'm not going to say more difficult because um, we're going to make this super awesomely easy for you guys. Um, so with that said, uh, there are tons of ways to transfer a website. There's also tons of different types of websites that you could transfer. Um, what, what's the most common type of website you guys are working with these days? I know, I know what my answer is. Yeah, I know what mine is too. Alex at PHP. WordPress for me. Same. Honestly, I would look at it more as where is the current hosting provider and what is their back end? Um, because if you're using a cPanel account and you're transferring it to a new cPanel account, a lot of there's there's built-in website migration tools that can go from cPanel to cPanel. Now, whether or not those are allowed by the hosting providers is a whole different matter. Right. But it can make it an absolute wonderful, easy transfer process if that's the case. Right, and a lot of times the uh, host will do free transfers as well. Yep, C panel. A lot most, um, I know SiteGround, uh, who I use, they do do a free website uh, move. And I did ask them, um, what about you know if you got someone who's on C panel web e web email? They're like, yep, we'll we'll do a whole C panel move for you as long as you got FTP or you got credentials. We'll we'll do, we'll take care of it all for you. So let's let's talk about a more manual method of migrating because I, I feel like most of the time we don't have the luxury of using cPanel or Plesk or whatever to just magically migrate these websites. Otherwise, we wouldn't need one of these fancy documents. Um, so there there are. I, I'm gonna. I want to talk about three methods today of, of transferring a website, and like I said earlier, there's probably hundreds of methods of transferring these websites. I'm not saying the other ones are wrong. I think these are the three that Howard and I are are more likely to do. Mm -hmm. So I'd say first and foremost, let's just get your regular old HTML, PHP, ASP, whatever website out of the way. Um, open up FileZilla, log into the old uh, web host, download it, log into the new web host, upload it, change DNS, done. Yep, that's <laughs> simple as it can be. Um, and and if you know, I'm sure there's there's more to it than that. Um, you know, you'll you'll want to. What I do is I change uh, my host's file to change DNS in my system, so that way I'm not affecting the the whole globe. And test the website. You know, make sure everything's working correctly. If there's a form, make sure that the mailer function in the form is still functioning once you've moved it to that new. 
what post, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, download, upload, test. If everything looks good, go live. If things don't look good, well, this isn't a troubleshooting documentation. Um, WordPress. Um, WordPress migrations are actually surprisingly easy. Now, um, I typically use the tool all in one WordPress migration. So with a WordPress migration, I typically get myself logged into the site, install the all-in-one plugin, download a copy of the site as a file. It'll be a .wpress file. And then I can update my hosts and, you know, go into the new server and essentially install that plugin again. You know, we all have to install WordPress, install that plugin, and then upload that file, and then it's, it's kind of done. And then you need to, there's a couple other steps you got to do after that or else things don't work. But um, I use, I use all-in-one WordPress migration. Um, I used to use Updraft. <clears throat> I didn't, uh, I, I stopped. I didn't care for it as much as I like all-in-one WordPress migration. Um, that said, um, Howard uses a tool called Manage WP. And I, I would love for you, Howard, um, are you comfortable sharing your screen to yeah. show off Manage WP? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So Howard's going to show us Manage WP. And before we get into the backup and migration and everything with Manage WP, Howard, if you could just kind of show off why you use Manage WP and what on earth you do with it. Sure. Um, so basically, Manage WP is it's a full-in-one kind of dashboard um, that allows for you to control a website. Um, in once once it propagates here, um, I accidentally connected mine with GoDaddy Pro uh, because they are a company within GoDaddy now. Um, so my um, here my appearance might be a little bit different if you're just logging in manually. Uh, so basically, what it does it syncs up all the websites. Um, let's let it finish up here because I have about 40. So you can do all your websites through here, your backups. Uh, you can actually have security. Uh, performance so basically here um, these are all the websites that need updates um, so you can see so today so then you can feel your spam post revisions everything it's basically all a total management tool that you can use uh, without actually logging into websites so you can see like for instance my website right now is having issues connecting um, for whatever reason so basically you go into it reconnect and let's help it reconnect um, you know this basically it should um, so you just reconnect um, you can see here that it shows, you know, what my next backup is going to be. Um, you can do some SEO stuff, which I don't really recommend through this. Um, it just does, it shows you different keywords. Um, you know, you can better hosting. And so it really tries to uh, go, you know, promote GoDaddy a little bit because you're on GoDaddy Pro here. Um, cool thing is you can have different tags. So for instance, um, I, you can see here that, you know, I know where it's being hosted. I have GoDaddy hosted. I have a friend of mine. Uh, I know what she's hosting. I have other hosting, SiteGround hosting. Um, cool thing is that it's $2 a month. 
Um, and if you are on a GoDaddy shared server or a Madden's WordPress plan, it is free. Um, so you can kind of see that I can, you know, um, here are all the different websites that I have access to through my panel. Um, if you do backups here, you can see, you know, these are all the websites that I only have backups. So when you click in here and go back in overview, it will show you that these are the ones that need to be updated um, as of now. If you unclick backup, it will show you everything. So kind of you can update your themes, WordPress, translation, everything. It's a, it's a total management tool. Um, another great reason why is um, if you have some security plugins that are on your site that actually you know lock you out if you don't enter your password, uh, which I do all the time. Um, it, since my website here, I can actually go into my site, uh, click on my site here, you click WP Admin, actually will log you in, and you can unlock your IP address or you know something else. So it's definitely a tool that allows you. You know, if you forget your username, you still have access to your website. Um, you know, it's two dollars a month per site, um, and then you, you know, all these extra add-ons. So, experience and security, uh, I believe, is ninety cents extra. So, you pay per website. Um, you can white label the report. So, if you need to give your clients a monthly report of exactly what you know you did for that month, what you spammed or what you updated, you can white you client report, and you can actually add your logo and all that neat stuff. Um, so I find it very valuable for me uh, because, as you can see, I back up 31 websites, so I manage 31 websites. Um, you know, it just allows me to have more control and see what's going on. Uh, really cool thing is, especially with a GoDaddy site, is um, this website here always consistently goes down. Um, GoDaddy hasn't been able to really find a reason why I haven't been able to, but I am alerted. Um, I do get an email whenever the website does go down, um, says, hey, you know, you're, this website's down, and then they'll actually send me um, an email and stuff, and that's part of the uptime manager. Um, let me see if I can, I might, oh, here, add-ons. Um, so you can kind of see here, you know, this is a security check. You can actually see, so this guy is on GoDaddy. So we got the free version of security check. Um, let me kind of show you what it looks like so you can kind of get a, oops, wrong site, sorry. Um, kind of see what it looks like here. Uh, so security check, uptime monitor, so you can see 99 is up. Um, analytics, it kind of gives you, you can kind of see, you know, how many people are looking at it. Um, so it's a, it's a really neat platform. Um, it definitely allows for you to do more than just you know backing up uh you can do basically everything through here so i was before i started using this i was going to all my websites manually and updating everything so it took you know about hour hour and a half and i check my website about three times a week this now it takes me less time and i can just do it all through here um, this also lives me the ability that i don't have to you know go on a slash wp admin every single time um i can just log into here boom you know and i'm right right in so I, I want to make a few clarifying statements. Um, you, you said Manage WP is $2 a month earlier. Right. So to clarify, you can use Manage WP for free. Yes. So yes, good call. Um, there is a free option. Um, basically, when I say $2 a month, um, they have some different tiers of what you can do for backups. Um, so let's kind of take a look at my, my uh, backup here. And see, um, you're you're talking backups, but I'm talking in general with. with oh yes, oh yes, yes, yes. In general, you can use it for free. 
Um, basically, you can just it, you can see what's going on in your website. You do not have to pay for it. Updates will come in. Um, the only things that you do need to pay for, uh, and my apologies, Steve, that that is a good call. Um, that it's you know for backups and uh, you know all the different plugins. Uh, backups are a um, add-on, so you can use this to update your sites, and you can use a site, let's say like Updraft, or uh, does All-in-One uh, backup the site, Steve? Um, All-in-One does not do any automated backups to my okay. Okay, so like there right. might be a, there might be an, an added feature. Here. Okay, so you can basically you can use manage to basically manage. Um, you know, you can do all your you know your updates, your spam, and all that. And then if you want to do your backups through Updraft or another platform, you definitely can. Um, I just like doing it in here. It's all in one. Um, their monthly backups are free. Their weekly, daily backups are two dollars a month. Um, and then they also have an option here. Let me go into my settings here. Um, since my back, my platform is a little bit different, uh, I am not. There is a way to do it. Just give me a minute here. Um, probably just click. Yeah. So you can see here. Um, you know, you can do backup options. So here you can see um, monthly, weekly, daily. So monthly is free. Weekly is two dollars a month. Daily is two dollars uh, a month. Every 12 hours is a dollar, uh, two dollars plus 45 cents, so 2.45. Uh, every six hours is 2.90, and then real-time backups is I think five dollars a month. Um, so it takes uh, every hour. Um, and they and so I, so I usually recommend um, depending on what's going on. Um, I do daily, um, weekly, and daily. You know, the same price. I, I just do daily. I think it's a little bit easier. Um, and you do have the option of putting this on Dropbox as well, um, you know, backing up to Dropbox. Um, but they, when they're backups, it goes to a separate server uh, offsite. I believe that they are using AWS, um, and it, it works great. I, I've never, and their support is very well, very good as well. Um, yeah, that's pretty much a quick, you know, five-minute overview of Manage. Awesome. So I too use Manage. Um, I don't. How many websites are you managing? Um, I manage, so right now on my free backup, on my backup, I manage 31 uh, free backups, which means they are not paying me monthly uh, or paying me to backup. There's nine, uh, so about 40 in total. I have 18 websites in manage. And uh, the, the main reason I use manage is because uh, quite honestly, I just like coming in here and, doing all the updates yeah it's definitely a great easy platform for that and i'm not sure if you saw they they did launch the safe update yes feature. yes basically so what safe updates and i don't i don't use it see so me i don't know if you've used it basically what stuff safe updates are is that um it will update and make sure that the plugin will work with your site um before it applies and if it doesn't you can roll it back uh, um, and then um, they actually just introduced today where you can do 20 uh, safe updates at one time. Usually you'd have to do one update, one update, one update. Now you can do 20 at one time. Uh, to answer your question, Tony, um, no limitations, uh, $2 a month. It's just you be paying for your backups. So um, you can use it completely free and still be able to update all your sites, WordPress and all that. 
Um, you just this the two dollars a month is just your man what you want your backup to plan to be. Um, and so to clarify on that further, um, I do not believe they have any space limitations. No, no I'm space. Sure, I'm sure it's fair use. Um, so. I, who knows how much space they really right. let you use, right. but that is $2 a month per site. Well, depending on what backup plan you want to use, but um, correct. Yeah, Tony, exactly. Yeah, you can definitely use them. Um, you can definitely use um, manage just for an overview and updating service. Yep, 100%. You can definitely. Sure. Yeah. Um, another thing that I do, I just lost my train of thought. Um, want to stress with manage if I can uh, come back to me. Yeah. Um, you basically, oh, so another thing is that um, that it works through a plugin. So basically, let's just say your plugin somehow gets deactivated. Um, your website won't get backed up. Or let's just say it can't sync. The plugin deactivated, the plugin on WordPress's side itself deactivates itself after 10 minutes of non-connection. Um, so let's just say... Um, if you, whatever reason, if you somehow disconnect, you know, your website or remove it from the manage, uh, where the manage platform, your website after 10 minutes will get deactivated on the actual website side. Um, so they're really, they're really kind of up to date as far as what's being connected, what's not, um, because every time you log in manage, it wants to sync with your website to basically make sure that, you know, it is working properly. And if you can't sync, will say, hey, you have a 403 error, you have a 503 error. It will tell you what's going on. Um, and that's why it's it's a great platform. Yeah, uh, Tony, like you're saying, you know, you can use, you can definitely use um, Manage as a platform. Um, recently, they are starting to introduce um, the ability to do security with non-WordPress sites. Um, so you can definitely, you know, for that 10%, uh, Tony, you can definitely use, you know, PHP or HTML. You can actually add that security feature that they offer. Um, you can't do backups yet, um, but I think that is in the works where you can start updating or backing up HTML, PHP sites through here. Um, I just don't know when that's going to happen or if it's going to happen, but I do believe that they have been talking about it. Um, and there's actually a great uh, Facebook group um, that a lot, most of the developers who work with Manager in. Um, you can just literally type in manage WP users um, on Facebook and it works great. You know, I comment if I have a problem and sometimes the developers will get back to me real quick or sometimes I got to offer, you know, send us a um, support ticket. Um, but I will say I've been using it for a little over a year. Um, and my, and I'm, like I said, I managed 31 sites. My bill has never reached more than $55 a month. And that's for 30 websites. Cause I get charged. I somehow, um, when they introduced their new platform, I was already a member, so they gave me a 10% off a month. So I'm actually paying a dollar eighty per website, uh, and I do my backups once uh, daily. So, um, and and just to clarify, I'm I I did a, a refresh here. So Howard, does this doesn't refresh your your view automatically? Um, as far as what so when I log. When I log in, I always have to hit this button up here hmm. to make sure I'm seeing the, the latest. Um, you don't have to. I know as soon as you log in, it will automatically sync with the website, uh, the it website did. that you have. Um, it and said then, last updated 13 days ago, and I'd been logged in for 10 minutes. 
Oh. Um, it might be because you are me because are you're you're using the free version, right? For most of them. Yeah. Yeah, that might be why. Um, because that last update was 13 days ago. Um, I mean, I know that when I log in, my sites are just automatically there. Um, and if I do something like update plugin whatever through FTP, I just hit sync and it works. Um, it might just be because you're using the free updates. Um, it's very possible. I, I I don't know the answer for that. To be honest, um, it might just be because you're on the free version of it and you're not paying it. So, you know, it might not sync up, okay. you know, maybe once a month it syncs. I don't know. So, so I'm showing you guys what I do. I log in here and I go right over here to the plugins. I tell it to update the plugins. I get rid of all those stupid spam comments. Um, and right now this little bar is going across the screen because it is working. And once it's done with that, I'll know if it's successfully updated all of the plugins. I always, I don't hit update all. I like to do it the same way I would update it if I were logged in manually. Plugins, then themes, then WordPress. Um, I always want to make sure my, my plugins are up to date uh, before upgrading WordPress because I've seen where upgrading WordPress to a new version but not updating a plugin has broken something. So, um, <clears throat> Yeah, I, I use this thing. I, I think I pay them a dollar something a month for a couple little services that I'm playing around with. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely, you know, uh, a cheap, you know, option. And it does, it's such a great, great uh, platform that truly, allows you to do so much. Truly is a, a very affordable solution. Um, you know, with 160 sites, I could see how it might, you know, start to get expensive. To well, do. then here's another thing. Um, see, I don't interrupt you. Um, they do actually, if you uh, go into billing, um, they actually do offer bundles. Um, That's right. They, I for, completely forgot about that. So I forget. I think it's in billing. Uh, so Tony, this might be an option for you. So basically, they offer uh, uh, bundles where um, you can actually. I think you can buy an all-in-one package for 150 bucks a month, and it covers you up for 100 websites. Uh, yeah, and so for 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 what yeah 150 100 websites and yep. that gives you everything yep they get you backups and everything and... but you could just pay 75 and that's 100 so 150 bucks would get you 200 websites of backups yep so that's um much more affordable when you buy the bundle faux show yeah, that's why they introduced it because they realize if you're running 160 sites and times two, that's that's pretty penny. That you know, if you do it, you know, seventy five dollars, you can back up 100 sites. So it's definitely. Mm -hmm. And it's it's awesome that for 160 sites, you can actually get it cheaper by buying 200 sites worth. <laughs> um, all right. So with that said, let's let's move on. So we've got uh, we've got two methods of migrations that we got to show off and. Uh, We've got just under 20 minutes to, to do all this, so that way we can also make this document. So Howard, um, let's show people how to migrate a website using ManageWP. All right, so there are two different ways um, that you can do it through Manage. Um, so we're gonna be, so I'm actually taking over this client, um, their, their kitchen organization. So I already have a backup, uh, I'm not updating anything. Um, 
So once again, my my backup area is a little bit different because I am running through GoDaddy Pro. Unfortunately, uh, you know, I did that accidentally. Um, so here you can either clone it. Um, so you can clone, uh, and then you actually have to buy it. So if you're on the free one, free backup, um, you have to buy the add-on, um, and it's not they don't charge you the full dollar eighty. Um, they kind of prorate. So if this is going to be here for a couple hours, let's just say, uh, they will charge you something like thirty cents. Um, so here I can hit clone. So now you can do, um, so there's two ways I do it. Um, you can do um, same domain on a new server um, and you can you actually do an existing website. So sometimes um, I do do the same domain, um, but sometimes it just times out. Um, what I ended up doing is um, I create a new install on their server. Um, once that server is done, I add that site, the new install to WordPress. Um, and then I clone this site over that. Um, or we can do the same domain on a new server. You enter the IP address and then you enter the database information. Um, Steve, which way do you think we should do it? Well, um, I would say that same domain on a new server okay. is probably going to be the most common way okay. sure. of us uh, doing all this. Okay. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, like I said, you know, I usually do that first as well. Uh, let me just get their username here. Okay, it's not there, which is no biggie. Um, if I enter the password right. Oh, because it's not kitchens, it's Ken Bauer Inc. Forgot about that. All right. So first things first is you, for at least for manage, you need to figure out what their IP address is. So here's their IP address. Um, you just pop this in here. You test the URL. Say great. Okay. So now you got to do FTP. So you got to have it. You got to set up a whole FTP account. Um, and this is a brand new account. All right. So we're going to go down to FTP accounts. I'm just going to do Howard. I'm going to create a password, which I will be changing later. Should argument's sake, uh, you want it in the main folder. Um, good if I type the password right. Why is it not? go. All right. So now you create an FTP account. Come into here. You do Howard at penbauer.com. So basically you leave this here, localhost. Now you got to create a database. Um, basically you come into here, then you got to go into here. Uh, go to cPanel again. Uh, and then we go down into MySQL databases. So you can basically name it. Um, I'm just going to go to 2017 for it doesn't really, you know. Um, great. All right. Now Howard. you have to have the username. Um, you can do Ken Bauer underscore Howard. Ken Bauer underscore doesn't really make a difference. Um, I'm just going to probably do Kitchen. Might I suggest yeah. the, uh, the wizard version of this to make it a little simpler? Uh, yeah. Good call, Ben. Um, there definitely is a, 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 I don't, I forgot there is a wizard. 
um, you can actually do a um, a MySQL database wizard, which basically you create the database. Um, so it's named Kitchen because we already have. You can actually just do it here. Uh, Ken Bauer username is Kitchen 2017, and we'll just do a password, which I um, give me a second. I'm just going to bring this over here so I can do a password generator. And you always want to make sure that your database has a strong password. Um, I recommend password one, two, three. Yes, that's, that's, yep. Uh, yeah, that's, you want to make sure you have all privileges. Um, you know, you're all good. Now you already have the database and everything set up. Um, so you come back into here. Um, actually, let me just do this. i bring this back into here. Okay, so apparently it doesn't want to work right, which is fine. Um, because we're, I'm using a different browser. So you come in here, just, you go back to uh, return home because you want to find out. It's going to bring you back here. No biggie. Go to here. Um, so here's a database we just created. Ken Bauer Kitchen. Ken Bauer Kitchen is a privileged user. No biggie. Um, you can always change that later on. Um, so, oops. Not even what the dictionary. So, what was that again? Yeah, right. Um, so here is where you put the database in. Um, and I forgot manage, it will show you what that password is for that database. Um, so it doesn't, all right, so we're just doing, so DB name is Ken Bauer underscore kitchen. Did you spell that correctly? Yeah. Hmm. Let's just make sure Ken Bauer, B-A-U-E-R did not. Good catch there, Steve. Um, Ken Bauer underscore kitchen underscore kitchen. I'm gonna bring this to my other screen. It's already on YouTube forever. Yeah. Well, I'm just gonna change the passwords. Give me a second there. That's a good idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, for uh, add a couple exclamation points at the end and you'll be fine. Yeah, right. I'm just gonna bring it to the other screen real quick. Here you can um let me just change that password. All right, now, yep, so now the password's been changed. All right, so now what you're gonna do, come back in here, you test it. Uh, it says that I can't connect to the server. So that's telling me that my password's wrong. So you say whatever, let's see. Why is it not? Sometimes it, it gives you issues. Um, so I'm actually going to do so I'm actually going to change my FTP password um, here. Yeah, so sometimes with this, it does have little blips. Um, all right, so that is, let me bring this back over here. And this rarely works perfectly. Yeah. Um, See, see, this is why, you see, it's not, for whatever reason, it's not connecting. So what we can do, uh, because it's still pointing at the other, and it might be because the IP address, you can actually do this by, by IP address as well. Um, so sometimes it might be because it's on, it still wants to do the regular, see, there you go. So basically you want to, when you're cloning it to a new server, you want to make sure that you have the IP address that are the same, um, because unless it, because it's not great. So you test credentials, it's going to say good to go, you hit clone, Close. So it's going to clone that site over here. Um, 
Yeah, Tony, I mean, it's usually the other way. Um, it sometimes works better as far as um, doing FTP, PHP, my admin. Um, this is more of a tool that makes it go easier. easier. Um, the other way, if I just did WordPress over WordPress, it would have been done by now, too. Um, you know, that definitely works better. So now you can see in the kind of in the background here, um, you know, that basically it will it's going to take the whole backup. Um, you know, it just takes whatever is there and then it will, um, see where it goes. You know, it, it should, sometimes it's a big, this isn't a ter terribly big site, so it should be relatively quick. Um, you know, it, hopefully it doesn't time out because I've had websites where it gets to 99% and it times out. Um, but I mean, from this, basically what it's going to do is say, it will say that the website is done. Um, I know, Steve, you got to do your migration as well. Um, from here, what it should do is say website is done. You click here to view the site, and it should pop up the IP address. And that's it. <clears throat> so I don't know if we want to wait, Steve, um, because I don't know how long this is going to take. It's, it's hard to. Sure. It, it's really hard to turn how long it's going to take. So so my method, um, I yeah, feel like. Here. I feel like my method is a lot easier. Um, so if if one of you guys could uh, could go to that document, um, I I started typing up the Manage WP platform um, uh, document part, but I you know squirrel. Uh, if someone could type up what I'm doing for the uh, number five all-in-one WP migration tool. So I'm going to log in to one of my clients here. I'm also going to log into my Plesk. Interesting. That's something to look into later. Um, okay, so here's here's a current client. Um, I've already got the all-in-one WP migration tool installed here, but if we were to come in here and hit add new, um, we I would just typically type in all-in migration. And then it should be in the top row here. There it is. So it's installed, it's activated. Now I can come over here and I can hover over it and I can choose export. Um, I never play with any of these advanced options. I export the whole thing. These are all do nots. Export to file. Um, it's going to prepare the website into a file. And then it's going to allow you to download said file. And this can take uh, a little bit of time. It really depends on how big the website is.
once we're done creating this file and downloading the file, it's, it's going to download a file directly to your computer. It's going to be a .wpress file. Once you download that, um, what you would do is in your web host, you would create your domain, your, your new customer, your new domain. Um, I would use the web host to install uh, here, I'll click on this domain name. Uh, I would use the web host like a soft Aculus or one of those tools to install WordPress. Uh, get logged into WordPress. Install the um, install the all-in-one migration tool, and then upload the file. Um, so I feel like this is a lot easier. So here's my wagonin.net, blah blah blah. Today's date and a bunch of other crap. Wpress. So now it's going to download this 256 meg file. So I could come over here to taylorvoip.com. I can click login. Hypothetically, this should work. Continue, that's a new one. I'm used to doing this from Chrome though. Howard and I are playing with this new browser called Brave. It has so its quirks. It does have its quirks. <laughs> so, so I can come in here and I can hit import. And uh, once this is done downloading, I can literally just drag and drop this WPress file onto here, and then it's done. Um, in order to gain access to the new WordPress, typically it's going to be the same URL, you know, the same domain name. So you probably are going to need to hop into your hosts and add the, uh, the IP address and the domain name so that way you can log in and you know work with this hey uh is the tony asked a question and i'll uh, i'll repeat it uh it yes, says please. all one wp have, uh, have limitations he goes i thought there was a recall uh i thought there recall there be if i he goes i thought i recall there be size limits on the free version there are on the free version and i did end up purchasing um i want to say two of the plugins so there is the unlimited extension. It is uh, $69. You have an import limit of half a gig without this extension. Um, once you exceed 512 megabytes, you'll need this extension, but you buy it once. Once you buy it, you, you own it, you can use it a million times on a million different domains, and that is never going to uh, make you pay for it again that I'm aware of. Um, I did also buy the Dropbox extension. So this allows you to um, do exports and imports directly to and from Dropbox. And it also has a backup scheduler. So if you have Dropbox and want to use something like all-in-one WordPress migration tool, you know, you spend the hundred bucks or the 170 bucks if you need both. Um, and now you can use Dropbox to back up all of your WordPress sites with this plugin. The, the upside is you're probably going to save a ton of money compared to Manage WP. The downside is there's no central management. 
um, which means you have to log in to each one of your domains and check to see that the backups are working correctly. It does have a bunch of other extensions for different places that you can uh, host a site or store stuff, multi-site extensions. Um, so there are a ton of different options here. So uh, taylorvoip.com, uh, this is probably, yep, this is the OIT VoIP site for now. Uh, not for long though, because I'm literally going to drag and drop Wagon in over to Taylor VoIP. Um, just to see, basically, I want to go back. Uh, so that backup right now is still at 54%. Uh, so this way, the way that you just did, it takes a little bit slower. That's why if I cloned it over another install, it would have been probably ready to done by now. So this is probably going to take a while because it's, it's probably a slower server. Um, and it's just going directly into the FTP. Oh, so you can, you can do sort of what I did where you set up the... Uh, you set up uh, WordPress on your new server and migrate everything over to it? Yeah, so basically what you do is you would do a new install. Um, you do a new install over, you know, a brand new install, you add that to the dashboard, uh, and then you have the ability to clone uh, the website over another website. So you basically can have a plain empty website with the newest version of WordPress, whatever, um, and then have that site and clone, we'll say Ken Bauer Kitchen over that new install, and then that new install would be Ken Bauer Kitchen. So, does it require DNS, or can it nope. do that using IP address? You all as long as you, because basically you're doing, you're adding the new install, right? So let's just say on the new on the SiteGround server, I do a new install WordPress, add that to that managed dashboard, um, and how, then I, how are you accessing WordPress? without DNS working correctly? Well, because you can do it through the IP address. You just do one, not one, whatever their IP is slash WP admin. But once it's installed, once it's installed, you can actually access um, WordPress. You could do the host files. Yeah, for sure. Uh, as Tony's saying. Well, host, host file locally, but correct. I guess my confusion is how does manage WP know how to access this this website. Well, it's all it's all through the plugin. Basically, what you do is on that new site ground, you install the. It's all through the plugin. You basically you install the plugin um, on the new server on the new site. You add it to your dashboard. It'll show up as like my blog, whatever it is, um, because you can log into that through. Uh, once the install is done, you log into it. Once it's done, um, you log in. It shows it, and then you add your dashboard, and then you clone it over, and then and that's pretty much it. Awesome. Yeah, so that that like right now I'm still at fifty five percent. Yeah, I'm winning. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, all right, but, so yeah, no, that, that's what I usually do. It uh, it tends to build it's a little bit easier and quicker. Um, you know, I don't know why this is. It's only it's not even a big site. It's two hundred eighty seven megs. So you'd think it'd be done by now. So it show you know, but that's why mine's going so fast. Yeah. Mine's two hundred and fifty six. Oh. That's why mine's way faster, way faster. Okay, so um, with that said, have have we covered everything for everyone? You guys feel like we missed something?
Well, radio silence. No news is good news, I'm going to assume. Yeah. Unless unless they're just typing that much that we missed. That's possible. <laughs> Steve, would um would there be any interest in in talking about site security? Um, because that is a big portion of websites oh, yeah. nowadays. WordPress fence, perhaps? WordFence, rather? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. If, um, oh, oh, good. This is, okay, well, hold on. Let me, since this is done, I need to show you guys the next step. So let me do this real quick. So I'm going to hit continue. And um, now this is going to, to go through all this. Uh, once this is done, it's not actually done. There's There's one last thing that we have to do or else the website is kind of broken. And I'll show you what I mean. TaylorVoip.com. Think it's done yet? I'm going to try it. I think it's done. Oh, so close. I'm at 56% now, Steve. Okay, so here's what happens when you go to Taylor, taylorvoip.com. If we click on services, uh, you're greeted with this really scary looking error message, right? 404, document not found, that sucks. What you have to do is, uh, for whatever stupid reason, you have to go in here to settings and permalinks. As Tony just said. <laughs> oh, did, okay. Oh, good. It's in staging mode. Um, so I'll I'll get logged in here real quick. Uh, copy password. Um, we have to change this. I usually just change it to numerics. Oh, geez. Hit save and then change it back over to. Uh, post name and then everything just magically works. So now if we click services, it actually goes to the services page. So I just want to make sure that that you guys are aware that if you see a crazy error like that after you've migrated a website, it's probably something really mundane that makes absolutely no sense. But there you are. So site security. Um, I know uh, that was was that Andy that brought that up. Yes, and Ben. And Ben. Yep. So so Andy, is that something that you'd like to speak on? Um, I don't deal a whole lot with WordPress websites. Um, okay. I've my past has primarily either been direct PHP websites or um, things with databases or things with. Uh, I think Joomla 1.5 and the early versions of version two of Joomla were the things I've kind of messed with. Um, my main concerns are just basically, if you're moving a, a basic website, be aware of the types of forms that are there and be aware of uh, how the data is being mm -hmm. sent through that form. Uh, a lot of times, especially nowadays, I see websites that get um, either hijacked or there is a bunch of random named folders on the site whenever you go look at it. And it's entirely due to uh, basically either script kiddies or guys out there that basically forcefully use the form in an incorrect way in order to 
upload a malicious file to the website. And that file will either, um, when it runs, it'll either download more things, which is typical, um, or it will, when somebody will, will, will uh, send a link out to um, an unsuspecting user, either via email or some other third-party website, and it will say, hey, you know, you need to, you know, call Microsoft and all this kind of stuff. Um, so how, if, you know, yes, we are hosting their website, but at the same time, we're also, uh, we need to keep in mind things that are security related because that, that is something that we can sell. Um, you know, when we migrate their website, say, yes, you know, this is a basic PHP website. I can migrate it. That's not a problem. Uh, but I would also like to have a look at how your forms are being done, how, um, how you know if some websites one of the my clients websites that i host for them um it's a public access if you you know after after you log in it you know you ask for username and password but after you log in it allows uh people to upload and download files from basically an ftp site um so that's something to be aware of is, is you know if if you have the ability for file manipulation if you have the ability to submit anything how is it being done and just be aware of that because that is something that a third-party entity could very much want to take control of and use for their own malicious purposes. So right. I don't I don't know in WordPress if there's ways to prevent that. Um, I mean I'm yeah. very new with WordPress, so I'm just been I mean, kind of stumbling along with it. Uh, but I know in early versions of Joomla, uh, early versions of Joomla 2.0, there were a lot of issues like that that were being caught and addressed. Um, which ended up with their 2.5 and then 3.0 releases that addressed those in full as much as possible. Right. So, I mean, I start speaking to kind of the back end. Um, you can have plugins such as like WordFence, which is more, uh, you know, if someone's trying to hack your website, you know, you can block them um, permanently um, or you can basically lock them out immediately. So, for instance, um, I don't use admin because that's what a lot of, you know, robots use. So if someone says an admin, they automatically get blocked permanently. Um, if we have time, I just brought up on uh, my own screen on a new window. Uh, one of the things that I use WordFence on, if uh, you would be interested in seeing what it looks like in the first place. Yep, yeah, um, Ben, if you send me the link, I can. Uh, or put Ben, put the chat in the in the. Uh, Put the link uh, in there. I mean the active plugin, not uh, oh, the... Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I can... Um, Steve, do you want me to pull it up? Because I have WordPress on a couple. Sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can do it then. Yeah. All right. Uh, by the way, that site just finished, by the way. <laughs> Finally. Yeah, right. All right. So I'm going to bring it over my... I'll bring over what WordPress looks like. I'll do a share screen on my end here. Sure, if we have a little bit of time, might as well show yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, um, let me just pull it up here. All right. So basically, this is what WordFence looks like. Um, you can basically see firewall enabled, scheduled scans, um, all this neat stuff. So basically, what you do a scan. Um, the free version comes with a, a weekly scan. Um, so it does, a, it does a scan of everything. So you can see what's going on. Um, scan credentials. It does all this. Um, and this is all in the free version. So firewall, uh, you can install firewall. Um, enabled and protecting, optimize it if you want to, brute force protection. Um, you know, I have force admins and then it locks them out. Um, on, on mine, I haven't had that issue, but usually I'll, I'll block admin, the website name, uh, HGrant designs, all that neat stuff. Um, and then I'll get an email when someone gets locked out. 
Um, if someone does, however, get locked out for whatever reason, you can kind of see blocked IPs. IPs are blocked out from login, uh, throttled. Because um, if they're throttled, so you can see all these are kind of throttled. So this was start uh, two months, 26 days ago, and it's going to end in. So this basically someone in Clifton, New Jersey, was on my site and really kind of, you know, seeing what's going on. And that's from nearby. Um, so it kind of really monitors what exactly is going on. That's funny. It's all the same IP address. I'm not sure that was. Um, you know, and there's tools. You can you can kind of set it to the way that you want to. Um, you know, all these different options. Um, some are premium. Um, you know, so here's my IP address so it knows to whitelist everything that I'm doing. Um, you can, and basically what it also does, it sends you an email um, once a week. Uh, mon usually, I think Monday's the start of the week of what's going on. Uh, it also will send you emails when plugins are outdated. Um, so, for instance, I got an email, I got, I believe, three emails this morning saying, hey, plugins need to be updated. Um, and you can, here's all your different settings. Here's your brute force. Uh, so you can lock out how long they're locked out. So you have five minutes, 10, 30, through all the way up to 60 days. Um, you can lock out immediately, you know, username, security. Um, this is a great plugin. Um, another way that I kind of do security is I actually change the login for WP admin. Um, so I can kind of show you with that. So I do that, you know, you don't necessarily have to, uh, some people do, some people don't. So you can see, well, now it's all over YouTube. Great. So which I will, I'm going to change that. Um, but mine basically is, you know, hgranddesigns.com slash Yankees. Um, some people just leave it as WP admin. Um, you can see, you know, and I also don't use admin as my um, username. So basically I forgot. So basically if I go to WP admin here, it's going to say this feature has been disabled. See, this has been disabled. So then if I go to slash Yankees, um, it will show me the login screen. So you don't necessarily have to change it. Um, I do, it kind of takes it to another layer. Um, and then I just have a strong password. Uh, I don't use admin at all um, on any of my sites because that is what password, uh, hackers will look for. Um, that's pretty much what I do as far as security. Um, you know, change that, um, add word, word fence, check the websites three times a week. Um, that's, that's pretty much it, to be honest. Awesome. 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 And I'm actually so, since since we are uh, past our time, I do want to to quickly get things wrapped up. Um, so, uh, sales pitch. Uh, here's here's a, a little softball. Don't worry, guys. Um, if if you guys don't do web design and you need a website designed for a client. Um, feel free to reach out to Howard. Um, Howard, I think the majority of his business is website design. He's, he's more a web guy than uh, an IT guy or an MSP. Um, not that he doesn't do that stuff. It's just his, his bread and butter is websites. Um, Howard, do you have a slide available with uh, contact information or anything? Um, I thought I sent it to you, but... Um... Oh my gosh, you sent it to me. Okay, so uh, since, <laughs> since that's somewhere else, <laughs> yeah, what um, but you can, uh, I can definitely, um, actually, what I can do is I can do this. Um, I can do something really, really simple. No, nope, I got it. You got it? Okay. I, got it. So I remember I sent it to you. 
All right, so I'm going to put this up here. And then um, uh, let me share this. Do, 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 do. Perfect. So here is Howard's contact information. If anyone would like to speak with Howard further um, for any type of website design stuff, hosting, management, um, or maybe you just want to shoot the breeze and learn more about Manage WP, I'm sure he'd be willing to, to chat sure. with you about all that stuff. Um, now, uh, MSP webinars. So you guys, you guys probably realized by now that I've been doing this for a little while. Um, so I ended up uh, going on Fiverr. Don't worry, I didn't spend a lot of money. But I went on Fiverr and I, I had a, a nice professional logo made up for this thing. Because why not? And uh, I've got a ton of webinars scheduled already. Next week, uh, we've got a two-part webinar with Malwarebytes. It's actually going to be back-to-back. Um, the week after that, we're doing break-fix onboarding because it is actually important to onboard people correctly for break-fix services. Uh, we got stuff for, for VoIP phones, uh, putting a cool tool on your website to convince people they need you, uh, Kaseya RMM Tech Chat, that one I think is going to be huge. Third Wall is a, is a security tool for lab tech. And then what's your stack? That one is uh, basically talking about, you know, what, what tools are you using? So um, I just sent out a newsletter earlier today. So for those of you that are here, thank you. Um, I'm going to send out a newsletter again uh, next week. Um, I do have this uh, Patreon page as well. So it's patreon.com slash Steve Taylor. Or if you go to uh, mspwebinars.com, it redirects you here. Um, this is where I post everything. So every time we do these webinars, I post everything up on Patreon. Um, and then I also post some bonus content. Uh, and to be honest, it, it is paid content. Um, I, I do have people that, that give me money to keep doing this because my goal is for all of us to be able to help each other, but I do put a lot of time and uh, my own money into this. So I'm also hoping that you guys can help me keep making this happen. Uh, most of this stuff costs you a whopping $1 a month. So I'm not asking for a lot of money guys, <laughs> but if you can find it in your hearts to help me keep uh, doing all of these uh, webinars and help me keep cranking out content for all of you, uh, I would be, forever forever happy and uh grateful to all of you so with that said um i think we have covered everything for today's webinar so i'm gonna go ahead and stop uh stop the stream here and um let's see if anyone has any questions on it i changed the data. <laughs> All right, guys, we are live again on YouTube. And uh, here's here's a little after party um, for the webinar. And, and I want to share this with you guys because I think this is cool stuff. Oh, gosh, I'm hearing myself. I hate when that happens. All right, so um, Google My Business. Um, so since we're on the topic of websites, what better time to talk about our own websites than right now? Um, I, I, I'm really curious to know how many of you guys are using Google My Business to manage your own company website? I am. 
I don't really use it as much as I should, but I'm there. I'm there too. Okay. So for those of you that aren't, you really need to get yourselves on it. Um, one second, guys. What's up, Keto? How much longer? Probably 15, 20 minutes. Okay. Is everything okay? Okay, great. That was easy. Um, so so here's, here's why I think Google My Business is so important. Uh, one, it makes sure that all of your contact information is on Google for when people search for your company. Um, it makes sure that you are tagged correctly with all the correct... Um, well, what's the word I'm looking for? All of Okay, go ahead and grab it. Um, I don't know where the, the charging cable is, but here's my keys if you need to go to the car. Okay, I swear she might not bother me again. Um, all right, so here's here's the reason I like looking at the, the Google My Business. Insights, these are huge. Um, I can actually see how many people are seeing my information. I can see my reviews. Um, I can even see there was a spot somewhere that showed me how many times people clicked my phone number to call me from, from a Google search. Where was that? Oh, I got to click the insights button over here. So this this information I just think is so cool. It shows me how often I'm listed in search versus maps. Um, how many times uh, people are clicking to call me, get directions, visit my website. So all of that information I think is super cool, super helpful. Um, and I, I feel like you should know how your business is doing. I mean, you, you might think you know, one person calling me in the last month is terrible. You might think it's awesome, but you won't know how you're ranking without, without coming in here and looking at this information. And keep in mind, this is only from Google. So there's also Bing and it's really just Google. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> all right. So with, uh, with that said, um, I also use a tool called Yext. So some people are probably going to say, oh, that's just such a waste of money. And other people are going to say, holy cow, I didn't believe something like this existed. Yeah, so, awesome. um, so, so my big thing is, um, for those of you that don't know, my company name used to be IT Works. And I changed my company name earlier this year. So as a Yext customer, I was able to say, hey, guys, um, I need to change everything everywhere and we we updated my information in the knowledge manager and and it literally changed everywhere every every single listing that they manage was changed from it works to taylor it group so you can come in here and you can make sure that all of the categories that relate to your business are are selected it has the right uh, address. You can even edit the map marker. So you can say, here's where, um, here's where the building is. Here's where you should walk to. Here's where you should park. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just nuts that, um, that you have this much control, but the reason that it's helpful for you to know, like routable, here's where people should drive to. 
with the GPS. Um, and then the Routable also helps with uh, Uber. People actually can find my business on Uber, on uh, Apple Maps, and all of that because of this. Um, phone number, featured message, if I wanted to add one, I could. Description, hours, what days I'm closed, all of this um, I'm able to manage through here. And then it also manages my Google My Business information, what shows when they search for my company. Um, I can manage my, uh, my Facebook cover, which needs changed apparently. Uh, and then here's the Uber stuff I was talking about. You can even add trip branding. So if you had a storefront instead of uh, managed services, you could actually have um, a, a comment, a URL, and a description where it, it looks like this when they find you on, on Uber. Um, so Yext is worth the, I think I spend 400 a year on this. And I know that sounds like a lot of money, but it, it really, it makes my life a lot easier when it comes to managing my business listings across a bazillion um, directories. So yeah, that, uh, that's, that's that tool. And then um, Google my business. And then finally, um, Facebook advertising. Um, have any of you guys ever tried to do a Facebook ad? I did one and I got nothing out of it. Okay. So I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that um, this is going amazingly or anything, but I am going to tell you that uh, I'm playing around with the concept of Facebook advertising and I've already gotten uh, a couple of leads from it. They have not gone anywhere yet, but I, I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes is really what it comes down to. So I've got, um, I've got this one here, residential endpoint protection, where I'm basically trying to sell a managed service to residential people. And the reason I did residential was because it was easier for me to figure out what my audience is. Um, and what I mean by that is if we look at residential managed antivirus um i was very specific in in my audience basically what i'm looking for are uh people that are at least 25 who've got some money coming in at least 40 grand i want them to have a premium credit card i want them to be using hotmail msn yahoo or aol i don't want them using gmail because those guys are usually smarter uh not that not that I want to target idiots, but, <laughs> but um, we we do need to make sure that we're targeting people that don't think they know enough to manage this themselves. Um, I also decided, eh, why not throw in investors and homeowners, and their interests should be something along the lines of uh, having a family, being a parent, that type of stuff. The goal is with the managed. Um, uh, endpoint security stuff is to help them protect themselves from the ransomware, you know, back up the computer, get the open DNS umbrella, all that good stuff. So that way they don't lose all of their family photos, their resume, whatever else they've got on their computer. Um, and eventually I'll figure out how to make an audience that pertains to the business people I'm looking for. But for right now, 
Uh, I, I just don't know how, and this was hard enough. But uh, if we look at the ads manager here now, you'll see I've got my campaign. And here is the, where's the, where's the ad? I believe this is the ad I'm looking for. Yeah. So you'll see here, I've actually got two leads that were filled out. So Facebook actually has a lead form that you can ask people to fill out the uh, first name, last name, phone number, email address kind of thing. And you can have the form be as, as complex and convoluted as you want. I chose those four fields and that was it. Um, my ad has reached 175 people. I've spent a little over 11 bucks and two people have filled out my form. So $5.51 per lead is basically what that says I've spent. Um, now a lead doesn't mean a sale. Uh, one, one guy is interested and that would be for the $30 a month. And I would, I would be pretty happy if, uh, 11 bucks brought me $30 a month. I don't know about you guys. Um, so it's just something I'm playing around with. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure that I expect big things to come from it, but it's at least an idea. Um, Oh, good. Andy just got a spam call from Google ads and Bing people. Huh. Um, so, so with that said, uh, Google never calls you ever. The real Google will never call you. It's always somebody trying to sell you the, you know, the dream of being found on Google on page one. So. Or that your listings expired. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Your Google listings expired. I get those mm -hmm. every day. Yeah, those drive me up a wall. So, um, with that, I mean those those are the the cool little things I wanted to share with you guys. Um, I I really think the the ad thing. I mean, I'm gonna let it run for a month or two and see where it goes. And you know, if I ended up spending a hundred bucks and nothing happens, then so be it. But I'm I'm hopeful to get maybe 20 leads filled out, which, I mean, I've gotten two leads filled out in a week. So if I can get 20 over a couple months, um, I'm hoping to get one or two customers from that. That's my goal. All right, guys, anything else that you would like to review, go over? Nope. 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 Cool. All right. You all have a wonderful afternoon, a wonderful week, and hopefully I will see you all next week at the Malwarebytes webinar. I think that one's going to be a pretty cool one, too. Have you been looking for a way to stay focused on your goals and grow your MSP? Accountability groups from Rocket MSP can help. We offer weekly accountability sessions that meet online with a group of your peers. Your success begins with accountability. Go to www.rocketmsp.io to join your accountability group today.